0: Memphis Wrestling's all-new lineup features the biggest stars in pro wrestling. Powered by Pro Shingle, a professional roofing company. Sunday, February 13th, get ready for our anniversary Super Bout. Featuring Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham going one-on-one against NWA's national treasure, Nick Aldis. Plus, WWE Hall of Famer and Knockouts Champion, Mickey James march 6th two-time wwe hall of famer and five-time world champion booker t is coming to memphis wrestling and march 27th memphis wrestling goes too cool with wwe superstar scotty too hottie all tickets are on sale now get yours before it's too late at championship wrestling Memphis.com.
1: American Hostile Championship Wrestling returns to Malden, Missouri, February 12th, to the Malden Community Center. That's 607 North Douglas Street in Malden, Missouri. Tickets are available ringside $10. General admission tickets are $8. Kids 5 and under are free. You get $1 off advance tickets. This show features Austin the Reaper Bolo, the posse, Big Jack Parker Jr. Mid-America Champion, Mark Southern Jr., Rude, Jason Vaughn, Derek, The King, Denzel Rollins, Big Mac, and many more. Card is subject to change. Be there! February 12th, Malden, Missouri. For advance tickets, call 636-232-3313. That's 636-232-3313.
2: music is my life and i bet it's yours too after all we're all very complicated beasts you're not just into wrestling you're into other stuff too and that's where the record store comes in i've got a thousand cds or so and i've been a rock fan for as long as i've been old enough to go to well the record store so every week i close my eyes stand in front of my collection and randomly grab a cd whatever i pull out could be old could be brand new what i cover in that episode it could be anything from asia to yes from john cougar to elton john from rumors to weird al's greatest hits you just have no idea i do a little bit of homework on the artists talk about what they mean to me and who knows maybe i've had a chance encounter with one of them and finally i review the album track by track i might confirm that it's one of the greatest albums of all time or i might conclude that buying that album calls for me to have my head examined who knows So join me, Lance Levine, twice a month, right here at the record store, and let me remind you how much the music means to you as well.
1: Hey, just a quick reminder, subscriber of $5, $7, or $10 at www.patreon.com slash shooting the shiznit without a G. That's right, shooting the shiznit without a G. We can all help prevent suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress and also prevention and crisis resources for you and your loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255.
3: What happens when someone sends you a box of cassettes from the 1990s? You put them on as a podcast. Sit back and take a trip to the past for cassette wrestling news. Stone Cold Steve Austin called this the first ever podcast. These cassettes were mailed every issue to subscribers during the heyday of wrestling fanzines. Jeff Osborne, John C. sit down and put out an episode of Zayn Fun and sometimes serious stuff. Get ready to dive 30 plus years into the past. All
1: right, guys, welcome to episode one of Cassette Wrestling News. Uh, These interviews and everything are, gosh, they're anywhere from 30 to 35 years old. Uh, And Jeff here, I've got Jeff Osborne, who put uh, out Cassette Wrestling News. He's going to sit in at the very beginning of every episode and kind of give me what does he remember about recording that episode. So episode one is just going to be an interview you did with Owen Hart, How'd you get that interview with Owen? And it was a shoot interview, which is very odd back then.
4: Yeah, it was very rare for for guys to talk about the business in general. You're you're right at the cusp of people are still kind of protecting the territories. That the territories are on their last leg, and Vince had already bought out all the territories of the you know three or four or five years before this, and Joe Goodhart. I still stand by this. He he was ECW before there was ECW, and he he was running Tri-State Wrestling Alliance in Philadelphia. And for some reason, I, I got connect. It was because of cassette wrestling news that I got connected in the industry, and I was on his radio show that weekend. And I remember pulling up at the Red Roof Inn. That's where he had everybody stay. And running into Terry Funk, Sabu, the original Sheik, and uh, Owen Hart. And I've, that's one of my most prized possessions is a photo with me, Owen, and Terry Funk.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and we, we kind of hit it off because that, that was about the time that tape trading was starting to pick up. And you were getting... You know, Naoki Sano versus Jushin Liger five star matches and stuff like that. So, you know, I was getting stampede tapes and stuff like that. So we started talking about that, and I just asked, you know, would you be willing to do an interview later? Blah blah blah. And he was kind of struck that it it wasn't it wasn't a sheet, so it it wasn't a dirt sheet. It was like a it, it was on cassette and it was audio. <laughs> So there are four, you know, none of the sheet people could could twist any kind of words whatsoever. Right, right, yeah. I don't think he was concerned with that at all. And I will say this: he was the first, one of the first guys to just legitimately give the time of day, and was one of the nicest individuals I have ever met. And he later uh, called me while they were in Evansville, and I will never forget that night because it was a Halloween night. And it had to have been—I I don't even know the year. It would have had to have been maybe '92, something you like know, that.
1: Yeah, this was in uh, this was—I looked it up. It was September 21st, 1991. So yeah, it could have been uh, it that year or the year after. Yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
4: He he actually went out of his way to call me while he was in Evansville, Indiana, with Brett Sergeant Slaughter, and said, "Hey." We're hanging out over here at Mattingly 23, which Don Mattingly, New York Yankees. uh, He lives in Evansville, and he had a restaurant. And I go over there. We're all hanging out and talking, and I noticed that there's this village people-looking biker guy there. And uh, at the end of the night, I said, hey, can I – I was talking to Owen and Brad. I said, hey, can I get a picture of you guys before we all take off? And and this biker guy, which I I thought was kind of this – Extreme gay biker looking village people guy stepped in, and said, "Yeah," and put his arm around me. Right then, at that moment, I'm like, "Oh crap, it's Halloween, and this is Don Mattingly." I thought, <laughs> but yeah, Owen was one of those guys who took the time of day to talk about the business and and his opinions and what he thought, and was genuinely the nicest guy I didn't get a practical joke plate on me or anything like well that's that.
1: you know something about <laughs> Owen that I knew this was way like when I was uh in the business we're well, not really in the business just taking photographs and everything there was somebody I always talked about and she told me what Owen did it later came out he would pick people in different towns that he knew he was going to repeat and he would he, that's where he stayed everybody said he was cheap but the main thing is he <laughs> stayed with the family like you know a husband and a wife he would eat supper he would have somewhere to sleep uh and it was something he did that a lot of people didn't do and that always struck me as man here's a guy who trusted people and li- and liked to be around people all right this episode ends and i'm gonna, i kept those these on here cuz i thought they was hilarious there's three calls that you make you called what you called medusa cornet and Paul Heyman and guess what? None of them answered. Did that surprise you? <laughs>
4: yeah, I don't even <laughs> I don't even remember that. Now I would randomly get uh I would get drive-by's from Paul Heyman on my machine.
1: Right, right.
4: And I would uh <laughs> I remember one time Amber was mad because oh hey, give me a call back, I'll have your girl do my girl and we'll talk soon. Bye. And she she's a, Amber was pretty straight lace. Uh, and I'm sure we'll touch on, on her later, but that, that was how Paul Heyman was. With well, that.
1: Paul was, people don't understand this. Well, Paul was one of us back in the day. Uh, yep. he, he was one of the tape traders, one of the kayfabe guys. We talked to him just like we did everybody else. But you would call Paul and you you hardly ever got him. And it was his answer machine. And you would leave a message and he well, he barely ever would call you back. But when he did, it was just like it was the same old Paul, um, you know, that you had talked to way back when even I talked to Paul, I guess. God, it was before I started this podcast. So you were, we're talking about six years ago. Uh, I talked to him a little bit and it was the same, Paul. It was just yeah. he's just such a big fan. And, and it's just funny listening to you record those calls. All right, man. That was episode one. I appreciate Jeff stopping by. Uh, all right, let's go.
3: What?
5: a on this show. How do you think the match got over? Do you think you you, think you fared pretty well? Yeah, I think there was
6: some adversity at first. You know, uh, I was actually moderately surprised by it how much they did convert by the end of the match, you know. Another thing that was a factor that that bothered me was the rope breaking. Uh, you know, I'm kind of known for a high-flying aerial attack, and uh, you take the ropes away, then you're, you're grounded, you know, you're down in the center of the ring. and That's good, though. It shows that you can maybe go out and be diverse, you know, and uh, not just be a guy that has to use the ropes, but you can still uh, get by giving a good match
5: on just in the match.
0: I think you'll be back in the states doing another
5: match like that, either on an independent car or somewhere?
6: Yeah, I've uh, I spoke to Joel Goodheart about coming back next year. Uh, right now, it's hard to make concrete plans because I'm right now. I'm just going to be in Germany right till Christmas, so the earliest date I'd be available it would be in January, and uh, I'm hoping to get the there's a shot January fourth, in the Tokyo Dome, I think mm-hmm. it is new japan and, uh, i might be doing that and i'm also supposed to, be, supposed to be in mexico city to do some match there for two weeks i got to go there so uh, i got to kind to juggle these shots you know and uh, you got to weigh up what's best you know two weeks work that's going to give you a really good guarantee or a one-night shot that's that's not bad money but it's not enough to to uh subsidize over the whole two weeks so you got to pick what's uh, what's best overall you know and hopefully i can you know everyone's pretty flexible uh except when they have a set date like uh you know january 4th you know that you can't can't change that date but mexico uh, there's not any set date i can probably work around that date so i'm hoping to get a little bit of mexico a little bit of japan and uh, keep some of the independence going too
5: you speak a lot about germany house wrestling over there do they for sort of respect as your Canadian style? Um, the German style is, it's different
6: uh, because they have round styles. You know, they have uh, four minutes and then a one uh, one-minute round break. And uh, little things like, uh, you know, if you slam a guy or do a suplex and knock him down to the mat, if you don't cover him, then uh, when you stand up, you got to wait. And the referee will count one, two. It's like boxing when you knock the guy down. You can't just keep hitting the guy. You gotta wait till the guy. You gotta go to a neutral corner and wait till the guy gets back up. So it's kind of a slower pace because uh, you give some guy an awesome move, and then, uh, uh, for example, they don't want you. You're not allowed to get up on the top rope and do a flying elbow off the top because you've already knocked the guy down. You know, so you can't. You gotta watch some things like that. And being a good guy or a baby face out there. don't realize the style they'll turn on you quick you know they think oh this guy's cheating he's breaking the rules you know he's you know climbing on the tall rope and all that but uh it's uh it is a different style wrestling in germany it's um in its own right got good talented wrestlers that that uh it's it's in a whole different world that people don't even realize you know about uh the germans don't they don't really think of uh the American wrestlers and say gee I wish we had some of these guys out here they uh, they have their own guys that they believe are their champions and that they're in their own kind of entity and, uh, you know, they, they uh, have their their version of Hulk Hogan and a big auto wands who's like a 400 pound Fred Flintstone or something but but uh, uh, they do have some wrestlers that are you know have gone to Japan and, and done well and stuff and, and uh, it's not a bad style it's for the American
5: one, though. What about uh, Mexico? You talked yesterday, yesterday about uh, doing the Blue Blazer uh, with a mask down there. Are you going yeah. to be doing that again, or?
6: Well, um, it's been about five trips now. I think five or six trips to Mexico. And uh, the first four, I did uh, masked. I was masked as a Blue Blazer, and, and then uh, on my last trip, uh, I did took the mask off started wrestling is uh just regular his own heart and it's funny how that mask seems to restrict you uh, emotionally because in uh in, in mexico uh, when i didn't have the mask on i seemed to have a lot more rapport with the crowd and you know i uh under a mask you're just another one like they, they maybe know that you're not a mexican but you're just kind of another mask guy and there's so many mask guys it's there's nothing unique about it you know all of a sudden, I came out as a Canadian, and usually it's always a, a, a blonde-headed American that's always going USA in Mexico. That gets big heat, you know. Yeah, it's like doing the Russian gimmick in, in Canada, or US. So by me going out to uh, Mexico and just being a Canadian and uh, total babyface, you know, um, you know, patting the kids on the head or uh, Arriba Mexico or whatever, to uh, they say, oh, Jesus, guys, he's different because he's. Uh, He's not one of those typical American heels. He's a Canadian. He's, like, he's one of us, and they're desperately trying to uh, um, accept someone like that, but they've never really been given a chance you know, to accept an American or Canadian yeah. foreigner. And it's kind of a contrast, because uh, much similar to like, when I was in Japan. You come through there with long, blonde hair, and, and you can, you're coming through the crowd packed with uh, these black uh, Hispanics and stuff. It's like you're the one uh, different one in the bunch, you know. And uh, you're so used to being booed because you're the different one, but to actually be cheered and all that, you know, it takes a little extra work to get them on your side. And and once you got them though, they're really uh, warm to you. And, uh, so, but I did notice when I took the mask off that I had uh, better eye contact and better uh, communication with the crowd, you know. And, and all I'd have to do is just like look with the eye, and, and they would say, "Yeah," you know, they go crazy. But before, when you have the mask on you can look at them and they don't even know, I guess they don't really see your eyes as clearly, and, and they don't respond half as much. You really got to work harder to get a reaction, you know. But mm-hmm. Now with the mask off, you, just, you know shake your head and your hair is waving around, and, and it's like they, they seem to get more responsive.
5: How is that style down there different from working in Japan?
6: Um, it's not as solid, you know. It's, they do a lot of high spots and it's, it's fast paced. But it's really not, uh, you know, very rarely we see, you know, I worked with Kinect and I do a few uh, different suplexes and stuff. But there's a lot of older guys that are just kind of uh, going through the routine, going through the motions. And they would uh, not take too kindly if I just said, okay, i give you the belly, the belly suplex. And uh, uh, I want to do a moonsault salt splash off the top rope. Neck. These guys are pretty old and know more better you just do, uh, just give me a slam and a drop kick or something, you know, and it's like, you know, I don't. I don't need to make any friction. I, I just make a suggestion. If they want to uh, uh, go on an easier route, then that's fine. You know, because uh, they are they're older, and in some ways they have some nice little routines they do. You know, but they're, uh, to me anyway, the, the crowd doesn't seem to uh, mind it. But to me, it looks a lot of it looks too choreographed or too uh, routine. You know, the, you know, the guys picking the guy up and helping him through the spots and little tumble rolls and. You know, it's not really solid wrestling like uh, the Japanese style where you can haul off and chop a guy and he's got welts on him and and, and really uh, you know, uh, send in your blows and, and really have like a, a legitimate hard fight by the time you get back to the dressing room. you got welts and stuff all over you. Uh, unlike Mexico, it's very, you know, on those six-man tags, you know, every night it's six-man tags. And so basically you just do one little spot one guy tag out and the other two guys do their spot and the other two do your finish and that's the first fall you know. Second fall you do another high spot with a different guy and, and it's just it's real slack you know it's not not hard but uh, for me you know people say oh wow that must be easy six man tags but I, I really do prefer just doing single matches where I can um, I, I have at least 50% of the match where I can control it you know if I'm working with a connect or of Alano or whoever's on top there, then uh, we can have equal input, you know. But when you've got six guys, that means five other guys controlling, and then uh, you just kind of another, if it's a bad match, if they're all bad, then even if you want to have a good one, you just kind of throw it in, and, and uh, it kind of neutralizes whatever
5: good you might have for the match. Do yeah. you think uh, the Americans can ever be educated uh, about Japan, the Japan style?
6: I think they can I think they have to uh, just keep getting uh, OD on it, kind of, you know, just keep getting uh, to see it. And I think it's an easy style. It's not a a hard style to accept, you know. Um, I guess it depends on what clientele you get going to the matches, you know, you get people who just want to bring kids and and, uh, they really don't even know who's who. The parents are just appeasing their children, you know. And the kids go out, and, and uh, they really, I don't think, are interested in seeing technical wrestling as much as all the glitz, you know. Little kids want to just, oh, that's the guy I saw on TV, you know. They, they're not um, mature enough to understand good good wrestling, you know, good suplexes, you know. Um, so it's, it might be hard to get their attention for a while, but I think there's enough um, fans that are, that are diehard fans that want to see good wrestling, and I think that are tired of... Uh, just the same old stuff that that's been going on, you know, the, the uh, short matches and the same, just same old routine, you know, you know, it's it's uh, everyone's seen too much of it, and I think this is a new style that uh, it's long overdue to be shown in the United States, but it's one that uh, it's trying to grow right now, you know, it needs sun and water and nurturing, and if the crowd doesn't, uh, if they quaff it before it gets a chance and uh, it may never ever happen, you know, because you get a guy like Liger, who's so used to getting uh, awesome responses, you know, as soon as he hits the ring and does one thing, it's, he's used to getting a reaction, and uh, you might not be as patient as some of us who, uh, you might get in there for five or six minutes and just find, geez, they're not getting any reaction, and before you get a chance to hook the crowd, because you got to build on it and, and get their attention, and uh, you know they could be fucking around, not responding to uh, any of your moves and all that. And uh, um, if they don't, then someone like might just get discouraged and stuff. Oh, you know, and just, just, just when he's got, he's building up, and before he gets a chance to really captivate him, he just says, "Ah, oh, they're not, they're not getting into it." And, and then just, uh, it could be a breaking point in the match where it could either go really good and get the crowd, or just at that point you just get discouraged and say geez i'm giving them all this stuff they're not reacting and, and uh, then you just go back to a basic hold and just kind of uh, stink the place out kind of you know they say oh geez that like it. It was no good you know so uh.
1: are you enjoying the episode well cash app us that's right dollar sign b t s t s you don't have cash app download it and get five dollars that's right five dollars that's dollar sign BTSTS. Dollar sign BTSTS. Hey, just a quick reminder. Subscriber of $5, $7, or $10 at www.patreon.com slash shooting the Shiznit without a G. That's right. Shooting the Shiznit without a G. our uber eats code eats dash brian t 24790 ue that's eat dash brian t 24790 ue use that code and get 20 dollars off a 25 five dollar order hey i just want to take a moment to tell you about athletic brewing company this might sound strange to some people, but ABC makes non-alcoholic brews. That's right. I like to taste the beer with my food, but not the alcohol. If you go to tiny. one slash sts pod 2022, that's tiny. sts pod 2022, and try a six-pack. Use that link. If you buy a six-pack, you get one. For free. Athletic Brewing Company. American Hostile Championship Wrestling returns to Malden, Missouri, February 12th, to the Malden Community Center. That's 607 North Douglas Street in Malden, Missouri. Be there, February 12th, Malden, Missouri. For advanced tickets, call. That's 636-232-3313.
4: Shooting the Shiznit is exclusively sponsored this month by SpunkLube.com. SpunkLube is an award-winning personal lubricant that's fun. SpunkLube is available in four varieties. Hybrid, pure silicone natural and pink the newest addition to the spunk lube family is spunk lube pink the pink formula is colorful and fun to use it's a special hybrid formula that's non-sticky and non-staining all of their products are shipped in discreet packaging from d enterprises please go to spunklube.com and order a unique fun to
0: use personal lubricant in tennessee memphis wrestling is back and you can watch it every saturday night at 11 p.m on cbs starting march 5th this ain't your grandpa's memphis wrestling
3: what is cassette wrestling news is jeff osborne doing now please visit secret headquarters in evansville indiana 4225 North 1st Ave, Evansville, Indiana, or call Jeff at 812-470-8546. From vintage toys, video games, and comics to a full retro 80s video arcade, they also have the final destination. New and used vinyl records. Drop on in and get something to spin. Follow them on Facebook at The Secret Headquarters.
6: But in my opinion, I don't, as much as I like to uh, please the crowd, I'm not going to change the style of the match, you know. Um, it's their—it's kind of like it's their tough luck, you know, I'll try to go out and give them uh, a good solid match, but uh, if they just want to say boring or geez, this is, this is not very good, I want to see blood and guts and all that, I'm not going to go out and do that just to appease them, you know, because then I'm just compromising my style. and. That's the good thing about having a, you know, that New Japan style, is it's unique, a unique style, you know? And, and uh, you just kinda gotta dictate to them what you wanna do, and if they don't wanna accept it, then uh, they're not really worth converting your style for, you know? Do
5: you think maybe with uh, the cycles that wrestling's going through, and uh, with all the glitz and glamour you mentioned, do you think eventually it's gonna get back to the more uh, quality wrestling as opposed to the show?
6: I really don't know right now, wrestling's at a touchy state, you know, I hear so many rumors about uh, WCW. it's really sinking and, and, uh, you know, I think it's been revived a little bit with uh, Ric Flair going to Titan Sports, Uh, from what I've, you know, spoken to the people uh, in the states here now, you know, it's kind of given them a new life and uh, they're talking about all the options if Ric Flair could work with a steamboat or or, a to the Hitman hard, or uh, even he had, did great matches uh, with Kerry Von Eric years ago, you know, they sold out Texas Stadium. You know, there's, there's different combinations for Flair, and of course the obvious one, Flair and Hogan, which uh, is one that's just significant because it's, it's one that everyone's compared, you know, the two champions, you know, battling, and uh, so it could be a, an interesting match, and it might kind of rejuvenate wrestling a little bit, but but um i personally miss the days of the old where you had maybe 20 promotions you could go to portland or dallas or kansas city or canada was thriving you know and, and all a wrestler had to do is was, uh was a phone call away you know just call i'll call stu hart in canada and get a book you know and uh, you always had steady work you know but now it's, it's become a drought and uh i'm grateful that i can go internationally and uh be one of the few independents that can work all year round and, and not feel the crunch, you know. But I do pity some of these guys, There's some guys at the show last night that uh, you know, they get in these training camps, they get trained and uh, then they don't have their... Uh, it's like going to school and getting an education, you know, and, and then all of a sudden uh, you can't get any work anyway and you got this training that you've spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of dreams And then it's really discouraging because you can't, uh, you're just stuck, not doing anything, you know. And so I pity them because there's not a lot of work. You can't just call up Stu Hart in Calgary or Don Owens in Portland or whoever, Von Eric in Texas or whoever the promoters were then and get work, you know. It's not like that anymore. So these guys end up being jobbers on TV and and just actually demoralizing themselves worse. And uh, it almost seems to work against them, you know. They... uh, and hanging around looking for whatever scraps, whatever work they can get, you know. So I wish that there was a few more promotions that were starter-up promotions say, that could uh, give these chance, these guys a chance to develop and uh, become better and then finally get a big break, you know.
5: Uh, is there ever a chance that you will team up with Brett? I mean, everybody knows you've been as the Blue Blazer in the WWF. You talked about restrictions with a mask. What type of restrictions were uh, put on you in the WWF? And again, if we ever team up with Brett,
6: well, uh, for me, I'd love to tag up with Brett. You know, he's one of the high, the most highly respected uh, wrestlers, I think. And you know, for uh, he carries himself well in and outside the ring. You know, he's. Uh, Fans' point of view, they said, Hey, you know, your brother Brett's really great, and he had the best match at SummerSlam. Or, you know, he's always, you, you very rarely do you hear him having a stinker match, you know. So for me, it'd be ideal to tag out with him, you know. Um, outside the ring, too, Brett carries himself, you know, he's respected around the fans, and you never have to worry about hearing some stories. Yeah, you know, your brother Brett was drunk and he smashed the window out or beat some guy up, you know, he carries himself well in outside the ring. so. Uh, For me, I'd like—I'd love to tag out with him and and do uh, um, like to do some business, you know. But I, um, right now, with him being a singles champion, I think that's something that he's longed to have, you know. He's had tag titles, but this is something I think he's really wanted. It really shows that only Brett and nobody else is uh, is the champion, you know, and he's he's earned that. So uh, I wouldn't want to step in the way of that, but. I don't know what uh, I had heard some rumors about uh, my other brother-in-law Jim Knighthart. Brett had asked me about tagging up with him and doing a New Heart Foundation, but uh, that's nothing concrete. It's just uh, it was just a um, a thought of Brett's and uh, uh, Jim had, had considered it and all that. But that again is, is something that I'd have to really think about. You know, it's, it, in some ways it's better. Um, I get to be myself, own heart, which is something I'd like to do, and uh, Jim is, is somewhat already established as Jim Nightheart, so I uh, could go in there right away, we could, you know, within a few TV tapings, it's all oh, that's the new Heart Foundation, they, I think they would um, understand us, you know, quick enough, and not say, gee, I can't remember what, the, what are those guys' names, you know, they would see Jim right away, and then it's would oh, it's Brett's brother or something. But there is a drawback in being, oh, that's Brett's little brother, you know, geez, he's, he's not as good or something, you know, that he's not, um, yeah, I like the original team better, you know, that's what people say, because I've seen imposter teams where they have, like, uh, they used to have Davey Boyd and Dynamite were the Bulldogs, and then uh, I think Dynamite took some time off, and Johnny Smith, um, who's a fine wrestler and all that, and was probably in, in uh, better health at that time than Dynamite, his back was healthier and stuff. He was a big guy who could work pretty well, but people just say, oh, no, it's not the original Bulldogs. It's it's another guy. It's Davy Boy and some other guy, you know, and uh, that does happen, I, and I don't want to be... Uh, I think I could stand alone without having to be compared, you know, or being told that somebody else's team is better or something. You know? So um, <clears throat> ideally, I'd like to just go in his own heart and just uh, you know, go from there and see if I can stand on my own, but I, I don't think... Uh, there's always got to be a hook, you got to have something, you can't just go with an own hardy you need, um, you know, uh, some kind of gimmick that, that is eye-catching, you know, and at this point in time there's nothing, uh, it's hard to think of anything that's original anymore, whether it's blowing fire out like a dragon or uh, uh, coming in with makeup all over your face or having, uh, like there's just so many, you know, different things that, that uh, guys have for ring entrances and all that, it's like, man, what can you do to outdo this, you know, there's there's too much stuff, so I might have to rely on tagging up with Jim and and get my foot in the door that way and and get established.
5: Uh Any closing comments to everybody? (laughs)
6: Um, Well, I guess uh, I don't really know what to say just other than um, whatever support they have, you know, I always appreciate, I mean last night I ran into a lot of people who had positive input about uh, the match and, and uh, the tapes that they've seen from New Japan wrestling. and, and uh, So a lot of people would say, ah, oh, you probably don't want to hear this or something, but I watch the New Japan tapes all the time and all that. And, and uh, I'd say, no, I always appreciate hearing any input because, <laughs> because and, uh, it, it builds... Uh, just more information for me and, and uh, uh it's good to know that when you're out uh, busting your back doing all these things in japan that that somebody is watching it and appreciating it you know
5: thanks a lot
1: a couple of days, but if this is Saturday or Sunday, I probably won't be answering the phone because it's a special occasion. What, you ask? Well, leave your name and number at the tone, and when I call you back, I'll let you know. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
5: Cornet, this is Jeff. I want the tapes. I want the
0: tapes. Memphis Wrestling's all-new lineup features the biggest stars in pro wrestling. Powered by Pro Shingle, a professional roofing company. Sunday, February 13th, get ready for our anniversary Super Bout. Featuring Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham going one-on-one against NWA's national treasure, Nick Aldis. Plus, WWE Hall of Famer and Knockouts Champion, Mickey James. March 6th, two-time WWE Hall of Famer and five-time world champion Booker T is coming to Memphis Wrestling. And March 27th, Memphis Wrestling goes too cool with WWE superstar Scotty Hottie. All tickets are on sale now. Get yours before it's too late at ChampionshipWrestlingMemphis.com.
1: American Hostile Championship Wrestling returns to Malden, Missouri February 12th to the Malden Community Center. That's 607 North Douglas Street in Malden, Missouri. Tickets are available ringside $10. General admission tickets are $8. Kids 5 and under are free. You get $1 off advance tickets. The show features Austin the Reaper Bolo, the posse, Big Jack Parker Jr. Mid-America Champion, Mark Southern Jr., Rude, Jason Vaughn, Derek, The King, Denzel Rollins, Big Mac, and many more. Card is subject to change. Be there! February 12th, Malden, Missouri. For advance tickets, call 636-232-3313. That's 636-232-3313. Want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Did you enjoy that episode? Cash Appus at dollar sign BTSTS. If you've never downloaded the Cash App app, download it today you'll get a free that's right a free five dollars for using the code dollar sign btsts that's dollar sign btsts Hey, that was another great episode of Shootin' the Shiznit. Thank you for listening, and thank you to all our sponsors. A big shout-out to Bob McGee at Pro Wrestling's Between the Sheets. Remember, you can reach us on Twitter at BT, Instagram at btshootin' the Shiznit. That's right, Shootin' the Shizit without a G facebook shooting the shiznit and facebook cool kids wrestling and mma talk if we don't like you in that group first you have to ask to get in if we don't like you we'll kick you out all the episodes are at one place and that's www.stspod.club podcast roll call who's right podcast homeboys podcast p3 radio my buddies richard Josh. My world with Conrad Thompson and my friend Jeff Darren. Lance's favorite include Nickology, Rock Solid, Playlist Wars, I'm Bad Podcast. Hey guys, remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.